result. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. I am in this goddamn house for the remainder of my evening because it started snowing here. Snow that has not even stuck to the ground, okay? It's basically rain snow at this point. And everyone is driving like a fucking asshole. Everyone is driving as if they are trying to escape the apocalypse before they shut down the bridges and the tunnels. This is New York, where it snows. We are used to snow. It is fucking March. We have not made it to spring yet. There is still a possibility that it is going to snow a few times, especially given the fact that we have gotten none this fucking year. All of a sudden, the first time it starts to flurry and not even stick to the ground, everyone is acting like Will Smith in fucking I Am Legend. They've got their German Shepherd in the passenger seat, and they are fleeing. They are fleeing away from the zombies that are not chasing them behind their cars. Grow the fuck up. Learn how to drive in the snow. It is just a little snow. God, it's like a fucking jungle out there on the road. I hate the snow, by the way. I hate the cold. I hate the snow. Disgusting. Winter is not my friend. I was just talking to Rachel about the vessel in Hudson Yards in the city, how it was the coolest New York City tourist trap observatory, because all of the rest of them, like, once you've been to the Empire State Building once, you might as well just not go to any of those other places because it's all the fucking same. You see the same view from a different vantage point. Mind you, I feel like no matter how many times I see it, regardless of the fact that I grew up here, it's still fascinating to see the New York City skyline from above. It's not that I don't find it cool. It's just that I'm not going to spend 60 to $80 on a ticket to get all the way up there to see the same shit all over again. But the vessel is unique in the sense that it's so open and you can kind of like climb up the stairs, walk around, lean over the fucking thing and imagine what it would be like if you jumped to a fiery death. And that's what ended up happening. So I was saying, oh, you know, I know it was closed because somebody jumped off the top and committed suicide and they closed it down and it hasn't been open since. Like, I wonder if since the last time I thought about it and looked into it, if they've opened it back up and added some sort of safety feature or whatever it is. So I look it up. (laughs) It's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing at a conversation about suicide. So I look it up and it says it wasn't one person. It was three. There are three people who have jumped off of the top of the vessel to their fucking death. And it has been shut down ever since with no timetable of when they're going to open up again or if they're going to open up again after spending $200 million on building that structure alone. Never thinking that an open air height situation would lead someone to be like, hmm, maybe if I'm going to jump off a building, it should be this one because it's so easy. Whatever. Apparently in 2022, after they had been closed for a while, they were testing some sort of like safety net feature, I guess, to catch you if you wanted to uh, die that way. But nonetheless, it has not reopened. So I said to Rachel, (laughs) it's not funny. (laughs) I said not to make everything all about me, not to like be the drama, but is this a sign from the universe that I made the right choice in ending my relationship? Because when we got together in 2019 and we're seeing each other. We went to the vessel when it first opened and that was the place where we like had the conversation about making our relationship official. And now that I have left this relationship and I'm talking about how I think I made the right choice, but I also feel this way and that way. And the third, is this a sign that the place where I made this relationship an official thing 
is now a graveyard. <laughs> now a memorial to the death of the people who have jumped off the top and is closed down out of business, just like my life and relationship. <laughs> is this a sign from the universe telling me that I made the right choice at the expense of three lives? Anyway, that's not funny, but welcome to Pulse Pounding, where we open the show with a suicide joke. Anything I have to get through that is traumatic or um, uncomfortable is done with dark humor. And I feel like I'm building this community of people who also feel the same way, because if you are a sensitive ass bitch, you are not listening to this show. So you know what? If you're new here, take a hike, take a walk, because we don't want to hear it. Okay, so at some point during this episode, if I start to sound like a floozy slut, please <laughs> keep in mind that this relationship that I have talked about, by the way, welcome to the breakup part two. Here we are, in case you hadn't figured that out by now. This relationship, although I just started talking about this breakup last week, we're seven months post-breakup. Like We're seven months sort of out of this relationship. So don't think I just last week was like, hmm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave my four-year relationship. But I'm going to talk about it on this podcast. And now I'm back out in the game, which I am not in any way back out in the game. I want to be left alone. I'm locked up in this apartment by myself. Goodbye. Don't even look at me. Don't even breathe too closely. See you the fuck later. But obviously in all these months, I have dabbled in the dating apps. And let me tell you, that's another graveyard. That's another place where suicide is being committed romantically. These people are absolutely fucking insane. I don't know if it's because you're putting a bunch of men together because um, uh, newsflash, I am a homo. And I don't know if it's that or if it's just people are crazy in general. I don't know if it's like a collection of people that you normally wouldn't talk to because if you went in a bar or you were out at a restaurant or you met someone in like an organic in-person way, half the people... <laughs> that are on these apps are not people I would approach or speak to in public because they're fucking out of their mind. So I don't know what it is, but a lot of weird shit goes on on there, right? So twice in these months, which I would say it's been like a month, maybe two of me not being on any of this shit anymore. I deleted them all. Goodbye. See you the fuck later. It's crazy. People are weird. I want nothing to do with it at this time because I want nothing to do with anyone at this time. But over those months, I came across two people who I used to work with at different jobs who are like in the closet on the low. And like I said in last week's episode, I'm a secret keeper. I'm not fucking telling nobody shit, right? But some people are like weirdly manipulative about it. So I don't put like a face picture, especially on the grind, because that's when things start to get weird, right? If you have a picture, all these like weird, strange, blank profiles will start hitting you up. And honestly, one out of every 30 <laughs> is attractive and able to hold a conversation without getting weird. So no, thank you. So I sent this profile a picture of myself. And you always pick like the best two or three pictures you've ever taken, right? I like to take a different approach. I like to find two or three really bad pictures if you're using something like Tinder and include those in like the carousel of photos that you post. Because honestly, if you're going to wake up next to me at some point in the morning, you need to see what you're getting yourself into. I do not want you to be surprised in the moment. So I sent like a, a whatever picture of myself, a regular picture, get your mind out of the gutter, not any of that weird shit. Although I will send that too if I want to. <laughs> I'm an adult. So the guy responds back with pictures that are not of his face. It's just like his body and, uh, you know, some appendages, but whatever, everything looked great. And he immediately tells me that he knows me. And I'm like, what do you mean you know me? And he's like, 
we used to work together and I was like, where? And he wouldn't tell me. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what, what am I in fucking Nancy Drew all of a sudden? I'm supposed to follow the breadcrumbs and get out my magnifying glass and find the clues to figure out who the fuck you are. You're weird. Tell me who you are. or Get the fuck out of here. So he wouldn't tell me who he was. And honestly, I forget where exactly I was. I was parked somewhere waiting for something. It was Best Buy. So I'm parked in Best Buy waiting for them to bring out my order, which I'll never do that again. That was this, I told you the one Best Buy story where things got fucking weird with ordering online. And then the second time I did the curbside pickup because that seemed like it was going to be faster. I'll never fucking do that again. Just get your lazy ass out of the car and walk in the store. It's so much easier and so much quicker. So I'm waiting for the thing. I pull into a parking spot. I'm waiting to get pizza. So now I'm entertaining this conversation because I'm intrigued and I want to know who the fuck it is. It bothers the shit out of me when people do things like that and you can't figure something out or somebody's like, oh, I can't tell you now. I'll tell you tomorrow. Like, why did you even say anything in the fucking first place? You could have just went about your day and not said a goddamn word and just told me tomorrow. And I would have never known to anticipate something or think about what the fuck it's going to be. So he didn't tell me who he was. The conversation went on for a little bit. I was trying to figure it out. I was asking questions. I felt like I was in a fucking Mad Libs or a mystery novel. Who's who's it going to be at the end? Who's going to pull off the bat and the mask and be the murderer? So I did something really manipulative. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but also don't play games with me. And honestly, you didn't have to say anything. If you send someone in this situation, which I know this is like a very niche market. This is a very like limited amount of people who are listening to this that will understand what goes on with the homos on the dating apps. Like it doesn't work like this for the straights. However, if I sent a picture and you knew who I was and you didn't want to tell me who you were because you're having these whatever fears and thoughts about people finding out whatever it is you're doing on your own time. That's your business. But why the fuck did you even respond by sending back any kind of pictures or saying anything about the fact that you knew me? Why would you even say that? It doesn't make any sense. If that happened to me and I didn't want to talk to the person or have them know whoever who I was for whatever reason, I would just fucking not answer. I would just ignore the message and or block them. You know what I mean? It's so strange. <laughs> I did something manipulative and I just created like a new profile and sent him a picture of someone else. And then he sent me a picture back of himself. And I looked at the phone and I was like, no fucking way. It was so funny when I realized who it was that was sending me that shit. And mind you now, simultaneously, we were having a conversation on Snapchat. So like we were friends on social media because we knew each other in real life. So I was having a conversation with him on Snapchat, acting like I didn't know what was going on for like three or four days because I was waiting for him to tell me to grow the balls to tell me that it was him and he didn't. So I pulled that manipulative bullshit. Oops. And then I told him what I did because I felt guilty after like a couple of days of him not saying anything about the other situation. Now, mind you, this is going on and we're having like normal conversation because we would talk every now and then just as friends. Before this happened, I never like thought anything of it. I have like plenty of straight guy friends. Like it, it's not, I don't get weird at all. Like it's, it's just normal friendships. So him and I would go back and forth every once in a while about just like normal shit. And I never thought anything of it. And then this happened. So it wasn't weird for us to be having a conversation on the side on like regular social media. So I let it go on for a couple days after I had known who it was by like scamming the system and making another profile and sending the picture, which normally I wouldn't do because that's such stalker shit. But it was eating me fucking up because I'm thinking to myself like, 
is this person still in my life? Like, is this somebody who currently works with me or like I see all the time at my job or in the town that I work? Like, is this someone who is in my presence on a regular basis? That's kind of like made me uncomfortable to know that that person could be around somewhere and I could be interacting with them. And I didn't know who it was. So that's why I did it. Not to like be weird, but it was driving me crazy. I had to know. So this went on for like a good three or four days where he didn't know that I knew. And we're having conversations, normal life on Snapchat. And then we're also having conversations on the app on my regular original profile where he knows it's me and thinks that I don't know who he is. So after a couple days, I broke. I swear I have like the worst conscience and I wish I could like 50% get rid of it. I like the fact that I'm not a sociopath piece of shit <laughs> who has no guilt. But at the same time, it's like a little overdrive for me. Any kind of like dishonesty. And I feel like I'm the worst person in the world. So it was eating at me. And I was like, all right, I got to tell him. So I told him exactly what I did. And I was like, that was kind of manipulative. And that wasn't really cool. Like, sorry, I did that. He fucking was so pissed. He like freaked out on me. It was like, go fuck yourself and like blocked me on social media. And I was like, well, whatever, like no loss there. It just doesn't matter anyway. But it's the craziest shit with the gays, man. They will be like so far repressed and in the closet that they like don't even want to admit to themselves that they have these feelings towards other men. It's very weird. Not weird in the sense that you're nervous and you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to tell certain people in your life because you're scared of how they're going to react. And whatever. Like I get that part, but to be like so far repressed that you almost are like denying it to yourself. Like he told me a story when he didn't know I knew I knew who he was about how he had like hooked up with some guy and he was like really drunk. And I don't know, he was just like trying to pretend like he didn't like it. And then was saying that like, oh, I'm going to delete this app. Like that's it for me. I'm, I'm I'm done with this. I tried it, whatever. But then like kept coming back to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you even on here talking to people if you're claiming that you tried something once and it wasn't for you and you didn't like it? Like there's obviously still, it was just weird to me the way people try to explain themselves away to themselves to kind of like deny reality. I don't know. It was very strange. And I was honestly relieved once he started blocking me on everything because I don't need to be involved in that. I'm too old for that shit. Then I started having... <laughs> Do I want to talk about this? I guess so. Why not? Then I started having a midlife crisis with a 25-year-old um, who is super attractive and young. And younger is not my thing. It's usually older. But whatever, you know, like we're trying new things. So it's like super casual, no pressure. Just like hanging out, smoking together every once in a while. We went out to dinner, like good times. And I'm like, totally not looking for anything serious, even remotely close to that, getting involved with anyone. So I've been like very upfront about that. And I think that that is important. I think that being forthcoming with what you do and don't want is super important while letting the person know that you're not assuming their expectations, right? So anytime I've been in a situation like this where I've been single and I really don't want to get involved with anybody in any kind of serious way, but I am hanging out with them because I have a good time or I'm attracted to them or whatever. I'll just say that, you know, like, hey, don't want to assume your intentions or whatever it is that you're looking for. But just so you know, just so we're clear, I am 0% looking for something serious or anyone serious or anything to do with anything that remotely looks like it's going to be serious. So if you want to have a good time, sick. If you're looking for something different, rather let you know now, you know, like I never want to be dishonest with people or like lead them on. This person is so on the same page because he's a little hoe. 
<laughs> which I don't care about because I'm not interested in that at all. And I also think that if you're in the place that I am and you want to like have a friend with benefits or do something fun, but you're not looking for a serious relationship, I think it's smart to pick or find someone that you, and I know this is difficult, right? I know this is difficult because sometimes feelings get involved with things, but I feel like if you can find someone that you're physically attracted to and you have a good time with, but whatever the reason is, whatever their, maybe it's their personality, maybe it's things that they engage in that you don't appreciate, (laughs) whatever it is, if you can find someone that you're attracted to and you can have a good time with, but you aren't attracted to in a romantic way, that is the best way to go for a friends with benefits. If you can find someone who you're like, this person is super hot and I'm attracted to them and I want to have fun, but I wouldn't date this person for whatever the reason is, that is gold. That is the key to not catching feelings. And that's what this situation is. Super cute, good time, makes me feel good about stuff, (laughs) but is not someone who I would date for various reasons. The fact that they're younger than me is number one, because that's just not my thing. But sometimes things just need to serve their purpose, right? Like not everything needs to be serious. So for me, in the position that I'm in where I'm like not at all mentally, emotionally, whatever, in the place to open myself back up to something serious and also not feeling good about myself as far as like physically, I want to get back in shape and all that shit that I've already talked about, wanting to focus on work and career stuff and goals and creative shit, like all that stuff is where my focus and my energy needs to be. But let's not pretend it's not fun to have someone to text and to have someone to flirt with and to have someone compliment you and to have someone be attracted to you in whatever way it is you're doing whatever you're doing because it fucking feels good, especially when you're not feeling great already about yourself and then someone else makes you feel good like a younger hot person who's into you and you're like ew why there's nothing wrong with a little bit of attention making you feel good and i don't know why people act like that's wrong or that's weird it is wrong or weird if you're already in a relationship and you're going and seeking that out from other people it is wrong if you're leading somebody on and you're not being honest about the fact that this is what i'm looking for and this is everything i'm not looking for That feels wrong. But if you're being honest and you're being open and that person's okay with it and they're fulfilling whatever it is that you need in the moment, whatever that looks like, like what's wrong with that? (laughs) I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm having a great fucking time. But I don't know. I'm so up and down about things too. Like one minute I want that one minute I don't. One minute I'm enjoying like those texts or like a fun dinner or like a flirty situation. And then the next I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) cancel because I don't actually want to do any of this. But it depends on the day, I guess. I don't know. The good thing is that it's so not serious and so like whatever that sometimes I can cancel or sometimes I can just not talk to you for like a week. And then the next week I might want a little bit of, you know, attention and then I can have that. (laughs) This is like something that's so new for me, but I'm having a good time with. I'm so not used to casual dating or like casual situations with people a situation ship as the new generation says i like that one i'm not used to any of that you know like i feel like i've only done that once in my life where there was a period of time where i was single and i was like hooking up with one person but it wasn't serious and we weren't dating but it was consistent but then like someone usually always ends up getting some sort of feelings involved or like wanting something different with that person. And this person that I'm talking about that I had that situation with 
turned out to be a little crazy. And with me, like one thing, one weird way of acting can like flip the switch on how I feel about you. Right. So I was super into this person at the time and attracted to them and whatever. And I kind of like entertained the idea in my head for a second that it could be something different or more or whatever, while still being honest and open outwardly and being like, I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm in like a weird phase. And then things got weird out of nowhere. I remember we were supposed to go to dinner one night and I would, this was before I moved in to my first apartment in between moving out of my family's house and moving into my apartment. I stayed at my dad's house while he was away on some sort of like work training situation. He was gone for a month. So this person had been like coming over and hanging out and we would go out to dinner and we would do things and whatever. So I remember one night we were supposed to go to dinner and I had had my second round of kidney stones, I think. And he came over and was like taking care of me the whole time and helping me out. And it was really nice. And I was like, oh, let's go to dinner. Like, I want to take you out to dinner as like a thank you for, you know, helping me out and being around since we really didn't know each other that well the whole time that I wasn't feeling well. That was super nice. So I remember we were about to go to dinner and he pulled up and my car was in the shop. Something had happened to my car, but my dad had left his car for me. And he was like, oh, you know, if you need my car. And I was like, why would you leave your car? I have my own. Thank God he did because my car ended up going into the shop and I was like stranded. So I started using his car. At the time, he had like a crappy car that like didn't really run that well. It was in in the middle of going from one car to the next. He had this like shitty one in between. So the guy comes over and picks me up and I was like, oh, can you drive? Like, I don't want to take my dad's car. I don't have my car back until whatever day. So can you just drive to the restaurant? And he had this like whole freak out about how he didn't want to drive because it was a lease and he didn't want to put miles, like all this weird shit that just happened out of nowhere. And I was like, going to a restaurant 10 minutes away, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to put 10 more miles on your car driving to the restaurant and back? Like, what the fuck? But it wasn't so much what he said, it was how he said it. It was like this big freak out that just totally was a turnoff to me. And I swear to God, after that night, something flipped and something changed. And we still had hung out for a while afterwards. And then after another relationship, we had seen each other. It was it was weird. But after that night, I swear everything changed. And I almost was like annoyed by him. You know, like I feel like it takes one good thing for you to do to really turn me off. And then I'm like done forever. The switch is never being flipped back in the other direction. But yeah, so I feel like being open and being honest about what your intentions are is the most important so that the other person at least knows. And if something weird happens where they get more invested or end up wanting something different than you do, like at least you don't have to feel like you led them on because you told them from the jump what you did and didn't want, you know? But also I stand by what I said. Find somebody that you're attracted to, but you're not attracted to romantically because something about them is like a red flag or six. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to date you, but I definitely want to have fun with you. All right. In the spirit of breakup part two and in the spirit of me never going to therapy, don't ask me why. That's a conversation for another time. But I thought it would be really beneficial for me and maybe for someone else to have our resident therapist, Pia Desir, back on our show to talk to us about breakups, how to handle it, and all the different feelings and emotions we are going through. And by we, I mean me. 
<laughs> Take it away, bitch. All right, so today we're talking all about relationships and breakups. So I want to start with talking about leaving a relationship that you don't really want to in the sense that you do care about the person, you are still in love with the person, but there may be certain factors that make you realize that this is not going to work for you and it is time to leave, whether or not you actually feel that you want to do that and how to prepare yourself for that and approach that situation. I would highly recommend taking some time to sit by yourself, get quiet, limit, you know, the outside noise, put your phone away, turn off the TV, no screens, and honestly, like, sit and maybe meditate or journal um, or crochet or something that helps you sort of sit in the discomfort of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um Because a lot of the time we are told that love is enough and we'll say, but I love them. And it's this end all be all to have a stay in the relationship, but that's not the only ingredient that we need to have a long lasting, I don't even want to say long lasting because long lasting doesn't equal success and Mm -hmm. short doesn't equate success success you know people will come to the end of a relationship and be like oh it was a failed relationship just because it ended doesn't mean that it failed um and the way i view success is okay well what are the lessons that i can take from this experience and even if it's just realizing this isn't what i want in a partner Mm -hmm. that's a success So when it comes to relationships, yeah, love is important. I believe love is an action and a conscious choice. Not everyone will agree with that, and that's totally okay. However, there are other factors that are important when it comes to a relationship. Are our needs being met? Are our emotional needs being met? Mm -hmm. Are our physical needs being met? How do we literally feel in our bodies when we're with this person? Are we dreading when we see their name pop up on, on their, on our phone? Are we dreading when we, you know, go spend time with them? Are we finding excuses to not spend time with them? There's a variety of other things and it doesn't even have to be that big or intense for it to just not be working out. Mm -hmm. It could just be two people who genuinely care and love one another but you're not compatible and that's okay too. I think it's interesting that you brought up um, the part where you said is love enough because in last week's episode, I talked a lot about that feeling like as I was moving myself and working myself out of this relationship or even into the mindset that I felt like that it was time for that. I had asked myself throughout the relationship because of certain factors. Well, if you're dealing with someone else's struggle and you are taught this idea that you're supposed to stick it out, so to speak, and you're supposed to be there for that person. Okay, well, everything has conditions. I talked about that last week that I don't believe in unconditional love Mm -hmm. because I think everything has conditions and everything has boundaries that you set. And if those boundaries are crossed, 
sometimes it's time to go or at least reevaluate. So I talked about so much like this question that I had in my mind throughout the four years of this relationship because I loved this person so much was love enough. And in the end, I decided it wasn't because there was too many other factors that were a damaging and b concerning for the future in thinking to myself, I'll have to have this in the back of my head and worry about this for the rest of my life if I choose to spend it with that person. So it's interesting that you brought that up because I had been talking a lot about finally coming to the conclusion for my own experience and for myself that I don't think love is enough. There's other factors that are important when you're talking about spending your time and eventually your life with someone. So it's interesting that you brought that up. Um, I want to talk about age being a factor as well, because I've spoken to recently a lot of women. And from that perspective, I've also talked about just being single in your 30s and what that means societally and the things that people will say to you that you have to prepare yourself to react to however you feel fit. Um, But from a woman's perspective, I've talked to many of my friends who are either about to be 30 or in their 30s and are single. And they've talked more so about leaving relationships around that time with the fear of not getting what they want when it comes to a family. Obviously, everyone has their own list of what's important to them in life. And when it comes to relationships, I personally am not hung up on getting married. I don't feel like I want my own children. I never really have wanted that. Um, but from the perspective of the women that I've spoken to that are in a similar position than I am, they feel like they left a relationship in that age group where they kind of told themselves that they might not get what they were looking for. As far as starting a family, they feel like their clock is ticking as many people will say. So what is your advice to women when it comes to leaving a relationship at an age where you feel like your time and options are limited? This is a loaded gun. Um, (laughs) No matter how successful we are as women, we are still working against this thing called time. Mm -hmm. And men can have children at any age. We see it all the time. I mean, look at Alec Baldwin, right? Um, And if you have money and certain privileges and access to certain things, your ability to work against that clock is different, right? So one thing that I'm a big advocate for is freezing your eggs. Mm -hmm. Go get your eggs frozen. Um, You know, around 30, but I think between 20 and 30 is the ideal age. But I'm not a doctor, so please talk to your doctors about this. Um, So that would be one of my recommendations because, you know, if you can't carry the child, maybe you might have access or your family might have access to help you out so that you can... um, use a surrogate. Mm -hmm. There's another woman that I, that came across my path and she wanted a child. And instead of waiting around to have that child, she went to the sperm bank Mm -hmm. and had, you know, got pregnant and, and had the baby and is now raising the baby. Um, however, I also recognize that there's I've suggested that to people and, but there's always this, well, but I, but I want the husband with it. Da, mm-hmm. da, da, da. So it's this sort of package deal. And the question becomes, you know, you need to sit down and identify and examine how 
does family look to you? Because when we're sitting down, this, you know, this woman saying, I want a child. That's what I want. Right. And she, she made that happen for herself. She knew that she could raise this child on her own. And honestly, I think that that was such a life hack because, you know, she'll never have to deal with baby daddy drama. (laughs) For real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so she was able, she, it was an empowered decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what's key in all of this. When you're making these decisions, have them be from a space of empowerment, not from a space of compulsively trying to play out the social scripting that you received either from friends or family or so on and so forth, right? You're on this journey. It's unique to you for a reason. And if you're sitting there in this period of alone time and you're just kicking and screaming and you're, you're not really juicing the fruit that can be turning this into such a magical, beautiful time, you can miss out. And that can lead us to settling, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in this alone time and you're just pouring, you're dating yourself and you're pouring all of this love to yourself and you're making yourself the table. When someone tries to bring you something that's less than what you have set your standard for, you're not going to want to put up with it because you know what it is to feel and bask in that sense of love, right? You want to create a family that's rooted and the foundation is love, security, safety, consistency, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And if we're spending our time while we're single, being upset that we're single, we're not utilizing that time to create that foundation within ourselves because partnership are two single people actively choosing to come together. Mm-hmm. And we want each individual person to have a solid foundation. It doesn't have to be complete. I'm not saying wait until you're completely healed or any of these things, but I'm saying start doing the work to really have a firm rooted sense of self so that when you're making choices, they're empowered choices, not just taking what's available or choosing because someone came along and chose you. And so in 20, 30, 45 years from now, you have kids that, you know, the family splintered, everyone's upset, you know, and, and, and all of these, you're not creating dysfunction. Mm -hmm. You want to create a family and a household that's happy, that's nurturing, that's loving, that's, you know, open communication, things of that nature. And also I think being careful with who you're having children with, both for the sake of the child, because if you're questioning whether you want to be with this person for whatever those reasons are, we'll also factor in if this person is somehow damaging or abusive, if it, if it comes to that or whatever reasons that you feel like you have to separate yourself from this person. Well, how does that factor into parenting? How do you see that person parenting your child? And also for yourself that you're stuck with them. There's no really separating when you have children together. You're always going to have to be present in each other's lives. Yes. Yes. One thousand million, billion, trillion percent. Absolutely. And have these conversations before. And I know some people are like, oh, my God, that's going to scare. That's going to scare them off. Yeah, that's the point. That is the point. That is absolutely 100 percent the point. I had a friend recently, you know, I don't even remember what happened, but. I suggested, I said, why don't you have these conversations earlier? And she goes, I can't do that. Like, that'll scare them off. I'm like, exactly. 
you're looking for something, if you have these conversations earlier and they are scared off, it shows that they aren't able to provide you what it is that you need. Right. So whatever, keep it moving. And you're getting closer to what it is that you're looking for. But if we, you know, try and beat around the bush or not address this actively, then we're going to end up in these situations where we can't fully get away from them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, let's be more mindful of the people that we are having children with. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I also want to talk about the dating world in general and kind of getting back into that. So I feel like in this age group where I'm older now, I've had some experience behind me when it comes to relationships. I know a lot of what I want and a lot of what I don't want through those experiences. It can be scary after a long-term relationship to kind of jump back into the dating world, especially now with um, so much of, of stuff being online and, and everybody's on dating apps and there's so many options and people feel like commitment is harder to find and, and all, the, all these things that as we advance with technology and as a society, things are changing, right? So I feel like after a long-term relationship where you haven't been a part of that world, it can be scary to put yourself back out there. So what do you think is the best way to get yourself past your fears of putting yourself back out there? By putting yourself back out there. <laughs> That's what I think too. You just got to do yeah, it. Yeah, You just, you, there's nothing, there's not a magical like wand that you can wave or anything like that. But what I will say if, you're not someone that likes the apps. You're not someone that likes the online world. That's great. I think, um, and I just said it, date yourself. Mm -hmm. Go do the things that you've been putting off because you don't have a partner and go do them now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if you're sitting there, you're like, Oh, I want to go have a spa day. But like, you know, I, I wish I had a partner to go, just go have the spa day. Right. If you're wanting to go out to dinner, go out to dinner. If you're wanting to go do all of these things because they build your sense of confidence and they build your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And that is so magnetic. And when we have a deep sense of confidence and a deep sense of, you know, our self-esteem and it's exuding and we walk into a room, people are attracted to that. Right. It's, a, it's attracting energy. Right. And you not, you won't know you, those are the, the times when you're at the market and someone's like, Hey, can, you know, I like mangoes. You like mangoes. What do you say? I know this <laughs> place that has a great, I don't know, mango lossers. I have no idea. But there's so many different things. So go out and do those, the things that you want to do. In fact, um, I have a really good friend. I'm going to make her listen to this episode. <laughs> a really good friend who, you know, she would come to me and it was all surrounded. She's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like, and she's having a hard time dating. And she's so insanely drop dead gorgeous. She was having a really hard time dating. Mm -hmm. And finally, one day it clicked and she heard what I was saying when I said, go date yourself. So she turns around, books herself a trip to Thailand, first class on like Emirates, this whole thing, like the whole nine yards mm -hmm. really like did this for herself. And, um, while she's on the plane, she meets this guy who's so beautiful and 
you know, they had this great time. She's saying, oh, he was so fantastic. We had this great time. I go, that's amazing. Are you going to meet each other? Are you going to see each other when you come back? Because they, apparently they live like right in the same neighborhood. She goes, I don't know. You know, he's not really my type. And I said, babe, where has your type gotten you? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, I haven't even thought about that. Um, and now they're back. They're hanging out. They have gone on a couple, you know, more trips since then together. So start dating yourself and you have no idea who you could meet just simply by being in that space. Yes. You don't have to, you don't have to be online. Everything is just, you know, a fingers tips away, right? I'm going to order my DoorDash and, you know, uh, a a person for the night or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. Go out and do things, you know, go out and be out in the world. And there's going to be other single people that are out in the world. It's just a function of being in the right place at the right time. Right. But if we're just sitting behind our phone screen at home all the time, how are we ever going to be in the right place at the right time? Right. Start dating yourself. Make a list of all the things that you've been wanting to do that you've been putting off because you think that you can only do that if you have a partner and start doing them now. And it'll also be really good because when you go back to do those things, it was already yours to begin with. And now you're just sharing it with someone else. Right. I feel like giving up some expectation too, and just kind of like letting things go is important as well. Because I believe personally that when you are looking for something too hard, you're not going to find it. And the moment you're not looking for something and you're just living is sometimes when things come right in your path. You know, I feel like I've had that experience as well. Yeah, because you're creating resistance in your your field, your energetic field when you're looking at the absence of something. Mm -hmm. But when you're not looking for something, your field is clear you're open to it you're in alignment with it and it's able to come to you easily and effortlessly but if you're sitting there white knuckling and focusing oh my god i can't believe i don't have this thing you're only going to continue to bump up to the lack of that thing Mm -hmm. i also have been talking a lot with friends and family and close people in my life about how i feel like sometimes in certain stages of life things will happen in waves right so obviously in my life personally The breakup was one part of a lot of things that have happened over the past year that kind of put me in a low place. And I was talking last night with my family about how for a good month, two month period, I felt very depressed, probably the most dark place that I feel I've been in. And during it, I was conscious of what was happening. I knew why it was happening. I knew that I felt stable enough that I was okay with it happening. And at some point, because I know myself and how I am, I knew that I would wake up at some point and be like, all right, this is what it is. I had my time to feel sad and feel sorry for myself for whatever reason. And now it's time to get back to business. And I feel like over the past three weeks, I have started to get myself to that place. And I've been coming out of it and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more positive. Um, but that was difficult. And I do feel like I'm pretty self-aware and I'm pretty tough emotionally. And I kind of will coach myself through certain situations. But I don't think that everyone is like that. So what do you think is the best way to kind of pull yourself out of a place like that? And do you feel like it's healthy 
to do things kind of the way that I was just explaining, where I knew where I was and I let myself have that time. And then I told myself, all right, you got to start to pull yourself out of this. So what you're describing is grief. Mm -hmm. Um, And our last conversation that we had was on grief. Mm -hmm. So last year, it sounds like there was this theme of grief in your life. And all you could do was surrender to the grief and allow it to work itself through your system. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do. We don't really have a safe way or we're not really shown safe ways to navigate through grief in our culture. Um, You know, we will go to the funerals and do all of these things. And it's like, all right, on to the next thing. We have to get right back into work. Or we will, you know, be in the midst of a breakup and heartache and your soul feels like it's ripped in half Mm -hmm. and you still have to show up and there's not really a lot of space or compassion for that heartbreak that you're feeling, but that's grief nonetheless. And it's a type of grief where the person's not dead, right? Death is so final. You're not going to see that person again. You're not going to talk to that person again. But when we go through a breakup, that person is still somewhere out there. Right. And we can pick up the phone and call them um, or we can or we shouldn't or whatever it is. But the re- but what I'm trying to say is that breakups, there's this p- aspect of us that stays hooked into maybe something can happen and work itself out and all, you know, the stars will align. Mm-hmm. And it'll be OK. So it's really just about learning how to make space for that grief um, leaning into your community, your support group, your friends, your family, whoever it might be to just sit there. If they need to come over and just sit on your couch with you while you Mm -hmm. watch movies and eat ice cream, do that. So really leaning into your support system. If you don't have a support system, there are a lot of support systems online, you know, breakup, recovery groups so there's there's those things online and if it's really really bad and you're having a really hard time i would highly recommend seeking professional help reach out to you know find a therapist and work with them so you can figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. because usually what happens is we go through these breakups and with enough time we can we can move past them but if we're still fixated and we're still in that space of grief there might be something else some other trauma that is stuck in the system and this is just triggering it to the surface right. so it's hard for you to get through that space call professional help and start to work with someone to try and figure out what it is that's going on um because sometimes it's not about what's immediately happening in our reality. It's something else that's coming up. And I think also being open with the people who you're close to and you trust, because I've always been the kind of person where I'll just bottle things in and kind of like push it down and keep going and act like everything's fine. And over the past year, I've consciously worked on that and thought to myself that that's not the right way to handle things. And I'm becoming way more open with reaching out for help and being like, hey, I'm in a place right now and it's not good and I'm not doing too well and I need some support. And I feel like I was never like that. I would just take it and take it and take it and let everything pile up. And now I'm learning to kind of let it out as it happens. And I think that's way more healthy and beneficial. 
Yeah, I. What it sounds like you're talking about is really um, your attachment style. I would highly recommend everybody read this book called Attached because it goes into and deep dives into attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like when there is a rift in your relationships or your system or something that's going on personally, you will retract, you'll avoid. 100%. Right? So you go, yeah, you go inward, you don't go outward. Um, and so for you to start functionally healing these things, we need to start doing a bit of the opposite. Mm-hmm. So if your system is saying we're shut down, we need to go inward. Don't leave the house, curl, you know, wrap yourself up in your blanket, close all the blinds. Don't talk to anyone. We need to make the effort to do the opposite. Text a friend, reach out to someone. I'm not doing, you know, whatever right. it might be. Um, then there's the the opposite of that, which would be more anxious, where you pursue and you reach out. Um, and sometimes it'll be where you're reaching out constantly trying to create buffers between you and this experience of discomfort. And the discomfort is a, maybe abandonment or rejection or whatever it might be. So you're trying to pull something or someone in towards you know in towards you or you pushing in towards them Mm -hmm. so that you can put space between the discomfort of what's coming up and if that's the case then we need to do the opposite which would be learning to sit with ourselves first i'm not saying don't reach out to people right but what i am saying is let's first try and sit with ourselves and navigate what's coming up emotions only last in our body for 90 seconds Mm. right So all we have to do is ride through and be present with that 90 second emotional wave that might be coming up. And once we can sit through that or navigate that functionally, we can start integrating more functional coping mechanisms that will help us be more fulfilled and all of these other things in the long run. I want to touch back on something that you brought up before because it was on my list of shit to talk about with you today. (laughs) Okay communicating with your ex after the breakup should you do it should you not should you run in the other direction what is your opinion (laughs) everyone feels everyone feels differently about this subject some people will argue you into a fucking wall that there's nothing wrong with it they'll do what they want other people feel the opposite i'm one of those people yeah so (laughs) this reminds years 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 ago Erica Badu was on Instagram and was letting people ask her questions. And I believe someone asked her, asked her a question just like this. Mm -hmm. And she said, they're like, you know, when should you, something along the lines of when should you stop reaching out to an ex? And she said, keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going until it hurts until you really gone into a space of feeling embarrassed, something along those lines. She's like, because you won't stop until you get to that space. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I just always think that that's such a funny thing. Um, but it really is subjective to the person. If you're constantly reaching out to your ex and they're telling you, stop talking to me or don't, you know, they've set that boundary. I do not want to communicate with you. 
if they've blocked you and you're somehow like figuring out how to communicate with them on like their Xbox and stuff. Oh like yeah. That, Stalker we, status. Then <laughs> we, we, again, that's like something that we need to, that needs to be explored and we need to seek out someone professionally to help us navigate with, with that. Right. But if it's not so on the more, that's more of an extreme example. Um, you know, but if you, are reaching out and that boundary hasn't been set and you're the both of you have said, okay, like we're able to talk. Like it was an amicable, amicable breakup. Everything's fine. Blah, 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 blah. Then that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really subjective to the two parties. There's no right or wrong answer. I have, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I haven't talked to any of my exes, after the fact, because I have, you know, one of them constantly sends me memes and stuff like that on, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's ones that I absolutely refuse to speak with and they are completely blocked on everything. So it really is subjective to the experience and to the individual. If it's helping you like get through and navigate. Okay, fine. You know, I would also check in and say, you know, do you mind if I contact you? So on and so forth. It, it really just depends. And making sure that no one's crossing any boundaries. That's all it comes down to is making sure boundaries are in check. Right. And also checking in with yourself, I feel, and reflecting on how is this making me feel? Like, is this adding something positive? Or after I talk to this person, is my mind going crazy? Is it driving me nuts? Am I overthinking things? Like, is this healthy for me to continue to communicate with this person? And that leads me into the last thing I want to talk about, which is prioritizing yourself. I talked about this last week on my list of ways to deal with your breakup. Prioritizing yourself, I feel, is so important. And that's another thing that I'm learning as I get older, because I wouldn't say that I'm a people pleaser, but I think that I want to show up for the people that I care about in important times or times that I feel are important for them, whether I feel good enough to do that within myself or not, I'll just force myself to do it. So last week I talked about taking personal days the way you would with work, but in life. And sometimes there's going to be days, regardless of what you're dealing with, but obviously specifically this week we're talking about grieving the loss of a relationship, a breakup. So there's going to be times throughout your process of healing where you wake up and you just don't want to do whatever it is you have to do that day. And I think it's important to plan ahead and allow yourself to take those personal days in life. You know, I made a joke last week about your Aunt Susie's birthday party. And like, you know, you might have woken up the day of or the day before and realized like, I'm just not in the place to socialize. I'm not in the place to put on my personality like a suit and, and go to this party and, and talk to everyone because I'm just not there. And I've had a lot of that happening to me recently. And I'm getting better at knowing myself and knowing when it's time to take that personal day or when I can handle, all right, I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm going to go to this event or I'm going to see this person that I don't want to cancel on. But also knowing when I wake up in a certain place or my mind is in a certain place, okay, I need to cancel on that person. And they'll just have to understand. And if it's someone I'm comfortable enough to explain it to and they don't understand it, well, that's on them because I need to take this day. So how do you feel about all that? 
Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think not just with the breakup, but in everyday life, I absolutely live by that where sometimes there's things that you plan ahead and you're like, okay, I want to do this. But then you get to when your body's like, I can't, I Mm -hmm. can't, I can't keep doing this. I also do a lot and I'm a big believer of cycle syncing um, where as women, we have a four week phase that follows our menstruation, um, our menstruation cycle. So when we're in a different part of those phases, we have different energy levels and our body is more equipped to do different things. So sometimes I'll be like, yeah, that's absolutely great. Let's do these things. And then I'll get to that point in my cycle and I'm so run down that I'm like, I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like, okay, I can go for an hour and that'll be fine. And I'll go and I, I have that hour and then I leave or sometimes there's other days and I, and I'm totally upfront and honest. I say, listen, this isn't about you. I'm so sorry. I do not have it in me right now to socialize. I don't have it in me right now to be around people. I just need to be by myself and I need to decompress. So yes, when you're going through breakup, absolutely. But not just with a breakup with everyday life, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Making time for yourself honoring yourself, honoring your body and what's coming up for you. It protects us. Those are our boundaries coming up. I think recently there was something that was going on where I had to bow out of it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Um, it, it'll happen eight, eight out of 10 times. I'll still be able to show up at those, you know, two times. I, if I'm really hitting a wall, you need to honor that because if you don't, you're on a fast track to burnout mm-hmm. and that can potentially be worse than just saying, listen, I don't have it in me right now to be at Aunt Susie's party and beyond and talking to everyone and at answering everyone's questions. But especially when you go through a divorce because you walk in and then everyone's like, oh, mm-hmm. honey, what's going on? Da, 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 da. You might not just want to, you might not be in the space to answer those questions. And that's perfectly okay. So give yourself a hall pass or permission slip to allow yourself to pull back when you need to pull back. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I love when you're here. The listeners love when you're here. You bring this wonderful, calming presence. And I always feel so much better after we have these conversations. Even if what we're talking about has nothing to do with me, it still makes me feel better. (laughs) Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And I'm actually working on public classes. It's so funny that you asked me to do this because I'm doing two classes on breakups Mm. and on conscious dating. So follow me on my Instagram, Pia Desir, P-I-A-D-E-S as in Sam I-R, because I will be doing that. And, you know, there will be in-person events and there's also going to be stuff online if you cannot make it um, just so that we can all have a better, more fulfilling time in our dating lives and our regular lives. And all of these things cross over and intersect with one another. I love that. I'm so excited. I honestly feel like I always get so much out of those conversations with her. Like I said, there's something about her presence that is just calming. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel better. But I always enjoy myself. I always feel lighter after leaving one of those conversations. And that's all I've got for you motherfuckers this week. I am going to go take a nap. (laughs) (sighs) I might take a nap. I mean, I'm going to sleep. As usual, if you are new here, 
Follow me on Instagram at Mickey, not the mouse. If you're not, I don't even know how you got here or what's going on, but okay, sure. <laughs> Follow the Instagram for the podcast, which is at Pulse Pounding. Make sure if you are on a streaming service where you can leave a five-star review and or a really nice note about how much you can't get enough of my annoying whiny voice and how much you love this fucking show. I don't know why you wouldn't do that because that's so rude and you're a hater. So yeah, do that, bitch. All right, I'll see you on the next one. 